0: You can do it. <laughs> Straight for medicine. You that can do powerful. it. Powerful. But what can she do? <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. Oh, I really liked all of those nice reports. Yeah. Fusion. Yeah. Fusion that actually produced power. A little star. Mm-hmm. Size of a peppercorn. Mm-hmm. It is exciting. You know, someday um, fusion is going to power the world. Wait a minute. It already does. It does. It's remote fusion. I like that remote yeah, fusion. It's coming in remote, <laughs> but it's already powering the world. And someday we're gonna have Mr. Fusion, like on Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Some little dill. You know, I've got a I got a fusion dill yeah, here. That yeah, actually. you just push this button here. Well I like that sound too. Sound if you effects. Do that again. Yeah, I, I do this myself. <laughs> So this is a lightsaber, and mm-hmm. let's see, I'm going to show this right at the camera. Look at that. Can you see that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it's like- a really nice toy. <laughs> um, but power, fusion is going to change the world, and it's interesting to me that the person or the persons that are going to get the breakthrough ideas to make this happen are probably right in our Science Live team. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty exciting. It and it's coming, and why do we know it's coming? Because the science behind it is good, mm-hmm. and now all we need is the engineering to make it practical, and that's what we're doing. So, as we were talking about Henry Ford, mm-hmm. and remember, in college, the Ford Motor Company paid for my hydrogen research. And that that's, right. that's a story for an earlier time. But <laughs> <clears throat> to think that it was Thomas Edison <laughs> that got thing, Henry Ford <laughs> going, you've got it. Uh-huh. And he was discouraged. He kind of quit. And Thomas Edison, you've got it. And Thomas Edison did the same thing with another guy named Bill Lear. Yeah. Bill Lear was discouraged. He was going to go get a job mm-hmm. because... He was making radios. He would, radios were brand new. And he would design a circuit for a radio. And then he'd go sell it to somebody. And they would make them. And then he'd design one slightly better. And he'd go sell it to someone else. And he, was, he said, I got to where I was designing a new radio every day. Oh, goodness. And he says, and I couldn't pay enough for food in an apartment. And then he met Edison. And Edison had been already quite successful. In fact, Edison was about as old as I am right now compared to some of you who might be younger. <laughs> <laughs> about the same age difference. And Edison told Lear how he should be doing this little company. His Lear knew how to design the radios, but Edison told him how to take that ability and turn it into a successful business and he did and he came up with eventually a company called Lair Electronics and it grew and it grew and it grew until finally one day he was quite wealthy and he was meeting with his board of directors and he says guys we need to make a private jet and they said what you know we're electronics <laughs> he said no we need to make a private jet what's a private jet well, a jet is a little one that someone could own and they could get in and they just go somewhere. And it's gotta be a jet that can fly above the weather. Because if you've gotta get there, then you've gotta get there and planes that try to fly through the weather have to stop if it gets too bad. We need to build a jet that can go up over the weather or around at a high altitude. And his board said, no, we'll stick with our electronics. And Lear said, no, we gotta build this, we gotta build this airplane. So he quit. He owned the company, mm-hmm. he was the president, he sold his stock, he got millions, and started Learjet corporate Company. And there's a lot of wonderful stories about Learjets. Do you think he would have done that if he had not had his, his mentoring training with Thomas Edison? you think Henry Ford would have built all those cars? Mm -hmm. I suspect that if Edison had not mentored Henry Ford, which at first he did just in a meeting, you've got it. That's all it took. Mm -hmm. Made him believe in himself. If he believes in me, I'm going to believe in myself. And so now we have cars. It may be that only a few of us would own automobiles now because he completely turned the world upside down and showed what could be done. Question. I'm giving my thing. <laughs> Can I just finish my thing? Uh-huh. OK. Just don't forget your question. Oh. Isn't that great? <laughs> OK. Right. So did Lear ever do that to you? Mm-hmm. Hit the table and tell me I got it. Uh uh-huh. hmm. Well, he used to hit the table. <laughs> you know, uh, Lear did really, really make me realize that I could do it. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't make me do it by saying, I got it. He loved hydrogen. Mm-hmm. He loved the idea of hydrogen cars. He agreed that was going to happen. And at a time when a lot of people were saying, what, 50 years? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nice he years. did. And that was, that was really valuable. But the way he showed me that I could do it Mm -hmm. was by letting me watch him do it. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, that's not a big deal. But it was, because he was doing things that he couldn't do. We ran into a design problem one day. Uh, He needed to have a special cooling fan for a steam engine, which he was working on at that time. And he had wonderful engineers, pulled him into a meeting, and they said, well, we can't get the efficiency up on the on the blower, on this fan. We need a fan, it's very high efficiency to make this work. And so he says, okay, well, let me think about it. They left his office, and he had a secretary that uh, worked with him on an intercom basis. Her office was out there, he was in here. Mm-hmm. Dorothy, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a get NASA on the line for me. Just like that. <laughs> oh, Someone that's really smart and knows about aerodynamics. <laughs> I'm sitting there, sp- speakerphone. <clears throat> this is Bill Lear. And he'd say it like, everybody knows who Bill Lear is. <clears throat> this is R. Oh, that works. <laughs> no one got up or cheered or anything. Anyway, he would say, this is Bill Lear. And... Oh. and for the next 30 minutes, this guy was telling him how to design a fan, and da 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 And Bill Lear, you know, he, he didn't get very much schooling, but he had studied his whole life. He was very brilliant, very creative. He so, said, okay, thank you. Called the engineers back. Okay, has anyone figured it out yet? it had been an hour. <laughs> no. And he says, well, what if? And then he started going through his notes. What if we did this? What if we did this? What if we did this? What if we did, what if we did that? And he said, well, that, you know, that might work. Good, good. Wow, mm-hmm. he showed me that he could do it, and he could do it even when he didn't know how. And it was, it was really fun to watch. And then all of a sudden, I realized the way he's doing it. You know, I think I could do that mm-hmm. if you'd let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You got it all. You got the floor. <laughs> so, some of you know that, you know, I try to be the face of Science Live. But she's place. the chairman. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Chairman. That's and true. so <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my little ritual. I'm gonna, so, what are we going to discuss tonight? Atoms <clears throat> or transistors? That was the question. That was my question mm-hmm. to the chairman. She said, Both. <laughs> I, said, I did. This is going to be the first two hour session of <laughs> Science Live. <laughs> Won't well, that be great? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> There's some things. But I you re- can do it. I can do it. Yeah. If Lear can do it, I can do it. You've got this. I've got this. <laughs> okay. In an hour? In an hour. Okay, well, here no, goes. Actually, Here's, yeah, here minutes. goes then. But you know what? 30 minutes. <laughs> 29 minutes. I know. <laughs> 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 the pressure, the pressure. Atoms, atoms, atoms. Okay. Did you know we're made out of atoms? If you could take two atoms, and not just any old ordinary, but a hydrogen atom, slam it together, make it, and you'd have fusion, and they did it, and it's wonderful, and you're going to hear more about that. But just remember, the only reason we have food, the only reason we have light, the only reason we have any of these things on this earth is because of fusion, mm. which we do in our sun, which is Really exciting. Okay, so it's coming. So atoms. Atoms are these little buildings or building blocks of the universe. I actually am here tonight representing one of the people made up of atoms. <laughs> Most of the atoms in my body are hydrogen because, you know, I'm kind of a hydrogen fanatic. <laughs> so you're the hydrogen man. Well, you too. Look oh. at all of those hydrogen atoms. <laughs> hydrogen oh. is the simplest atom known to man, and it's really an amazing thing. So we have atoms that are floating around, loose and crazy. We call that a gas. Mm-hmm. Hydrogen's usually a gas, but if you cool it down 422.9 degrees below zero, it turns into a liquid. And what does that mean? It means the atoms come down closer together. Temperature is how fast the atoms are vibrating them. Wow. Bumping, <laughs> bumping into each other, right? You can bump into each other. And as it cools, they start moving slower and finally they transform into a liquid. And then, let's take the example of burnt hydrogen, which of course is water. When you burn hydrogen, you get water, and you cool it down, and it goes into a solid. And when things go into a solid, quite o- often the atoms fall into a particular neat order, mm-hmm. perfectly spaced which we call a crystal structure, Okay. So if you take a solid that's made up of atoms, all laid out in a a perfect crystal structure, mainly what you have is empty space. You have these little teeny teeny micron, super, super, sub, sub micron protons, neutrons in the middle. We call it the nucleus. And then around it, we have these very, very tiny electrons that are doing their little thing. But basically, you just have a lot of space. And yet, it feels solid. Mm-hmm. You really want me to do the pound my fist thing? <laughs> oh, OK, oh she God. wants the pound the fist thing. I do. When yeah, you're if you'd told me before, someone. I could have come up with something. <laughs> All right. well anyway. So think about it. Atoms are all spaced out. There's all this space. You should just take your hand and it goes right through atoms. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't because of the properties that they have. And, and I'd like to maybe make a scientific demonstration of that. Okay. I'd like to do what you do best. Oh, boy. <laughs> Turns out I brought some cards. And I want you to guess what that card is. That's one of the cards. Ace of diamonds. She Mm -hmm. thinks that's the ace of diamonds. Mm -hmm. And she's the chairman? (laughs) (laughs) That's not even close. (laughs) you think you'd know. I'll tell you what. It could be made an ace if you would do it. Turn it over and see if it is an ace. Yeah, flip it down so we can all see it. That is not an ace. (laughs) But the good news is you're going to make it into an ace. Here we go. She's going to make it an ace, and she's going to do it by spreading atoms over its face. <laughs> there you go. Oh, atoms over its face. Make it, make it a big ace. Oh, yeah. Ace of, <laughs> ace of what? Ace of what? Diamonds. All right. Looks more like us. <laughs> Don't you think you should color that in? Oh, are you signing it? Ace of Diamonds. It'll be worth more on eBay <laughs> if you sign it. <laughs> I sell this stuff. That's how I make a living. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Watch for my auction tomorrow. <laughs> mm. Trying the card. Okay, good. Now, this is a card with atoms on it. Can you see those atoms? I can. You can see them because there's a bunch of them really close together, and they kind of look colored. So, I want you to make a decision. Okay. In or out? In. In. So we're going to take this beautiful artwork and we're going to fold it in. Oh. Yeah, we're folding it in, line it up perfect like that. I have seen this folded. You haven't learned about atoms? <laughs> no. You haven't seen it? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm getting it all folded here. Okay. So would you like to inspect? I would. The th- thing here? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty nice, isn't it? You're nice. Okay. So because this is atoms, now this is going to get a little bit spooky, and I apologize okay. for that. But, you know, they've got to face it sometime. <laughs> okay? Because this is atoms, it's really just a bunch of holes with little dots, right? And so you can stick it right through something. Watch this. Right through. <laughs> Look at that magic right there. <laughs> that... Is the magic of atoms. Would you hold this for me, please? Mm-hmm. Now, do any of you play cards? Mm-hmm. You ever play cards? Okay. I want to take this card mm-hmm. and I'm going to zoom in tight. Can you see this? I'm going to just kind of take that card and see if I can stick it inside. Oh my Something like that. Okay. Let's that tilt it. Knows. All right. Okay. So, I'm gonna push it in from this side, and I'm gonna let you pull it out from that side. All right, will you look and see? Still my card. All of the atoms are still there, yeah. Yeah. But, now comes the spooky part. I wanna show you. The stick of cards, do you wanna see it? Okay, here it is. (laughs) I'm gonna pull it out like so. Oh my goodness. And there it is. That's awesome. A solid piece awesome. of stainless steel metal. Huh. Huh. <laughs> huh. You got it. This is pretty heavy, too. This is, wow.
1: Can okay, <laughs> moving right
0: on to transistors. <laughs> that is impressive. We need to talk about transistors. You think about that for, I wonder who you dropped that. Ooh. <laughs> that is, that Ooh. is solid. Ooh. She's I gonna be all night that. trying to push <laughs> that <her. laughs> It's gonna keep her busy for a while. Okay. Wow. So once upon a time, there were no radios, no amplifiers, no cell phones. There was electricity. But electricity would do whatever it wanted. We didn't have any way to control it. And electricity, we can get to flow down a wire. If we get a, a higher voltage or a concentration of electrons and we hook a wire up to it, they will go scooting down the wire because they push electrons from the atoms, from one atom to the next to the next, and it flows. But we wanted to be able to control it. So someone came up with this amazing idea that said we could make a little machine that would control whether or not electrons can flow. And we could do it simply by having a wire on one end that the electrons are trying to jump through a space, and we'd have a wire that they're trying to jump to, and then we put a screen in between the two, like a screen in a window screen to mm-hmm. keep the mosquitoes out, but there are always rips, the mosquitoes still come in <laughs> right <laughs> the screen. Yeah, that we kind? put one of those in the middle. And so when we try to shoot the electrons, nothing happens. And so then they had to go to the next part of the invention. They had to pull all the air out. So they put in a little glass bottle and they pumped out all the air and made a vacuum. And then they tried, it still didn't work. So then they put little heaters in and the heaters would heat it up inside. And when it got hot and it was a vacuum, then when they put power here, it would flow through to the other side. But if they put a little bit of power on the screen in the middle, it would stop. You said, so far I'm not thinking this is too neat. <laughs> but you cannot imagine how much this has affected your life. I want you to think about it this way, because this is how I figured it out when I first learned this. Imagine a solitary little street light. It was gonna be something great, but then they just hung it up on a pole up above the intersection. There it was. It could go green, or it could go red. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get nervous and go yellow. <laughs> but that's all it could do And a thought. What a waste of a fine light. (laughs) Then came a large semi-truck full of goods, heavy. Heavy. Mm -hmm. Just a little melodramatic, isn't it? But anyway, (laughs) the truck comes. He's going down, and the light thought, if I could control that truck, I would really be doing something. Mm -hmm. And so he flashed his red, and, and he stopped that massive truck. (laughs) <laughs> and then he just sat there red and laughed for a while. <laughs> the truck driver got steamed and so green, 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 and he let him go. And when it went green, that big truck went again. Now, think about it, man. A little teeny light is stopping a big, giant truck. That is impressive. And that's what happened in a vacuum tube. I want to show you a vacuum tube. Okay. Here is one of these things I'm talking about. Going, what? Can you see it? Mm-hmm. A vacuum tube. Those little prongs on, in the bottom are so you can plug it into a circuit board. Some of the prongs are the heaters. And when they get hot, they kind of glow orange. And so those of you that are young enough, old enough to remember vacuum tubes, when you turn on the radio, nothing would happen. And you'd watch, you'd look in the back, and slowly they'd heat up and the tubes would begin to glow orange. And then you'd hear the sound. But until it got warmed up, It wouldn't glow, and it took about 20 seconds. Fascinating. And inside there, there was one signal that came in on one of those pins that was the signal of radio waves. And you have a little antenna that captures those radio waves, but the signal is so weak, it couldn't power a speaker, couldn't power anything. And so that weak signal comes in in the middle in that little screen, and then you have big power on one side and you turn it on and off with the little teeny current from the radio waves because they're changing, because that's how they transmitted them, changing to make the sound they want. And it comes out the other side with the same timing as the signal that's controlling the middle. So you have a wire with a teeny amount of current controlling a large amount of power going through the vacuum tube. And we call it an amplifier. Because it takes a very weak signal going in here, and creates a big, powerful signal going out the side. Well, vacuum tubes were pretty neat. We made radios and a lot of things. And then someone came along, and made a vacuum tube that didn't require a vacuum, and it didn't require a heater. You just had to turn it on. And they did the same principle, but they did it with a thing called semiconducting layers, layers of atoms stacked on top of each other so they perform the same way. I just happen to have one of those, we call them transistors. And here's one, and it's gonna be really tricky to see it. So I will put my hand underneath, there it is, a little teeny transistor. Can you see that it has three wires going into it? Mm-hmm. One wire on one side is the power trying to go in. The other side is the power coming out and in the middle is the gate that controls it. Mm. So if you put a real weak signal, like a radio antenna in the middle, then it will control power from a battery trying to go through here. And it will let it go on or it'll let it go off. And one of the fascinating things is if you put just a little bit of voltage on the control plate, it'll let just a little bit of power go through the big circuit. And if you put a little more voltage, it'll get, let more power go through. It's probably best if I try and show you. Okay. So here is a snap circuit example. I've got a couple sets of batteries. Mm-hmm. So I get 3 volts plus 3 volts. I get 6 volts. I got an on and off switch. So if I turn the switch on, I've got a complete circuit. And right here, this green thing is a little tiny transistor just like the one I showed you. One side of the transistor is hooked over here to this this base, and you can see I have one side of the battery coming in here, trying to flow out this way, but it has to go through the transistor. And what kind of voltage I put in here determines whether or not this power can flow. And I've got it set up so when the power does flow, it goes through a light bulb here, and this light bulb comes on if the power flows. Right now you can see it's not flowing, and the mm-hmm. light's off. Of course, I have the switch turning off the whole circuit. But if I turned it on, then this light would come on if the transistor says it can. And I've hooked it up through a resistor here with a little slider controller. This is actually a variable resistor so that I can let just a teeny bit of power go to it which should make it glow very dim, or I can slide it up to a little more power flowing to it, so it should get brighter. I should be able to make it any brightness I want by sliding this up and down. And I'm doing that by a microcurrent flowing through this resistor into the base of the tran- transistor, and then it's controlling the power from the battery that's going through lighting up the light. So I'm like a stoplight here. With a teeny bit of power, I can control a great big truck, or a great big circuit, or an air conditioner, or a fusion reactor. You like that. Should we try it? So, if I turn this power on, this light should come on. So, Mm -hmm. ready, set, should we have a countdown? Too late. It's on. Can you see the light? No. Okay. Well, obviously, we have a grumpy base. He says, hey. There is no micro signal coming in here, so I'm not gonna let anything flow through. So if I slide up the variable resistor, I'll get just a little bit of voltage here, and he will decide to start letting some come through. So watch the slide. I'm sliding it up. I'm still sliding. I'm sliding very good. I'm through sliding. Well, maybe I should slide the other direction. There we go. All right, can you see there's a little light going Uh on there? See that? Yep. And if I slide it up more, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Look at that. So now it's letting all of the voltage Mm -hmm. from that battery go through it. And if I slide it back down, Mm -hmm. I can turn it down. Now, if I'm fast enough, I can turn that on and off fast enough, it would sound like music if we put it to a speaker. And that's exactly what a radio does. Or it could sound like page talking. Oh, boy. <laughs> which happens quite often. <laughs> Have you figured it out yet? No, I haven't, actually. Okay, But you're working on it, right? OK, yes. so this transistor is controlling the power going through here to make this light go on or off. Now, if you remember. Our last couple discussions we were talking about a computer and we said that you have memory and a memory is either on or magnetized mm-hmm. or off and we said that let's just say on is one and off is zero and you said well it could go the other way yeah but everybody's been doing it on <laughs> as one and so now the question is how do we turn on that memory location mm-hmm. and Then you remember inside the processor, inside the CPU, the central processing unit, we do things like moving information around, doing arithmetic and things like that, and we do it with transistors. Everything that happens in a computer is this simple thing right here. We have a transistor that is letting the current flow or turning it off. Interesting. And how many transistors do you have in your cell phone, in your CPU of yours? Every cell phone has a central processing unit. And today, they get up into millions and tens of millions in CPUs with a billion transistors. And we can do a lot of neat things, as you can tell. Turn on your phone and look at the neat things it can do. (laughs) And when you see this pixel right here, is, is that one showing up on your screen? It's because a transistor is turning that one on. Wow. And that's the and same with this pixel over here. Mm-hmm. Your pixels, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, different kind of transistors. I know. Yeah, it's, it's over my head. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so transistors are really, really amazing. And I think a good way to understand them now, if we can back up just a little bit, is going back to the vacuum tube. Remember? Um, what if you hold this okay. and you are like, just way over there like that, yeah, let's suppose that she's a battery and she's putting out this, this voltage that wants to get through and it comes to this point. I put it inside a tube, a vacuum tube, so I can pull a vacuum and I can heat it up and then I have, oh I need something else over here, Ah, perfect, hydrogen water bottle. So now the electricity can flow through this vacuum. All right? And then I put a screen. Remember, this is where we talked about like a screen window or a screen door, a screen there. And if I put just a little teeny trickle of power, of voltage there, it will stop the flow. And if I turn off, it'll flow right through. So by just tickling this little screen with a voltage, I can control whether power flows or it doesn't. And the neat thing is, I can turn it on and off extremely fast, fast enough to make it sound like music, fast enough to make a radio frequency, fast enough to make x-rays and all the other things happen. And that's the music, or the magic of it. Okay, thank you. you did good. Could I have it please now? She's such a tease. (laughs) You're such a tease. I am. Here, you can hold this now. I hold this now. No, you just (laughs) just enjoy that. (laughs) Who's the tease? So, come back to the transistor. So, now, a transistor is the same thing as a vacuum tube. If you put a little bit of power here, well, then current will not flow. Or, excuse me, it will flow. And if you take it off, it'll go away. And so, you can literally control power going through this little device in this way. We use transistors and radios and amplifiers in everything. And we use billions of them in our CPUs. And without them, we could not have computers. The first computer, ENIAC, used vacuum tubes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very powerful because it took a lot of space and a lot of power. Then they did it with transistors, and they did it with integrated circuits where you put a lot of transistors in one little package. And then they did it with the 404, the first, the 4004, the first microprocessor which had so many transistors that it could do all the things that we talked about in the central process. Whew. That's that's neat. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, we keep shrinking the size of the transistors in the chip that makes our CPUs mm-hmm. how do we make transistors well we start with a wafer a wafer is kind of like a metallic mirror and they used to be about this big then they made them bigger and they make they keep making them bigger but the transistors that we're going to grow on this wafer, keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. In the this this past uh, month, AMD, one of the makers of central processing units, came out with a new server CPU for servers. That each transistor is seven billionths of an inch. Goodness. And, That means that signals going around between the transistors are able to travel a lot faster. Why? Well, signals travel at the speed of light on the circuit board, and these are inside the CPU. You've got this whole big mesh of wires hooking up all these transistors, and the signal travels at the speed of light. So if you could take two transistors and put them closer together, the signal will go through faster. So every time we shrink it, they get faster and faster and faster. We're getting down so small that we're approaching the size of atoms. And as a result of that, in order to keep making CPUs more powerful and having more transistors, we're gonna to have to figure out a whole new way of doing it. And there's some researchers that are saying they've figured out ways. There's a, a lot of other groups that are working on making the transistors not out of silicon gates. We, we make these transistors based on coatings of silicon that we put on this, this disk. Mm-hmm. But now they're talking about doing it with diamonds. And the diamond semiconductors are going to be able to handle much more power, and therefore they should be able to work much faster, and that'll be fun. But think about it. So we start out with a nice, pretty, flat disk. And then we coat a layer on it, just a very thin. It's like painting it, but with a very special chemical. We coat it with silicon. We coat it with a very thin layer of atoms that have conducting properties. They conduct or they don't. But the real key is the layers that are semiconductors. They sort of conduct. And they're the ones that with a little current, we can let them conduct or not. And then we come up with coatings that are going to connect where all the wires are. And how do we tell it where we want the wires to be? Well, we do it with a photographic process. We have this huge negative, and we projected it down on this disk. And then we process it so that we we literally make this beautiful little city of transistors. And on one disk, we can make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CPUs. When they get all through with the disc, they put all these layers on and they get exactly what they want. They build up all those transistors. Then they put in a machine that cuts them up. Little teeny squares. They're smaller than a peppercorn. What are they? They're the size of half of a piece of rice, a grain of rice, before you cook it. Mm -hmm. And then they mount those on a holder. You've seen a CPU chip probably. They mount it on the holder and then they have a machine that goes in with a microscope and connects wires from the right places in the chip to the pins on, it's big so that they can have all the pins. If you look underneath a processor today, you have rows and rows and rows of pins because you've got to be able to address all the memories and things directly. And it's it's an amazing technology that's evolved step by step, invention by invention. And here we are in this wonderful world. Mm -hmm. So we're now Half through our two-hour discussion. (laughs) It's been wonderful. It's been, yes, it's been wonderful. So think about it: a concept as simple as a little device, a tiny, tiny, tiny component, which we call a transistor, that has three wires, and they grow these and they hook them up right on this wafer. Mm And they're so small, you can only see the connections with a very good microscope. And that's how they get so many on one little thing. Because we did not want a backpack for a cell phone. No, we didn't. We wanted something to just slip in our shirt pocket. Mm -hmm. And we got it. And what do we got tomorrow? Now we got pretty powerful computers and little watch. And some Mm -hmm. people even have computer rings. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? It is. A computer in a ring? Seems unplausible, but there they are. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, how do you charge it? Well, you just put on a little round charger, and it charges. Mm-hmm. And it talks wirelessly to your computer. Tell them, well, how well did you sleep last night? Hmm, you had some apneas. And, and it's, it's amazing that technology can work, it but it can't. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so yeah. you said that at the end of this discussion, there are some things you wanted to say. It's time for you to say those <laughs> I don't remember that conversation. <laughs> Did I get it wrong? No, but I do have a question. OK. So in the factory in our place, from years and years ago, we had a big picture on the wall, if I call it that, mm-hmm. of our ASIC. Mm-hmm. And then it had all, were those transistors? hmm. So the picture we had uh-huh. was of a custom chip we made right. for wideband networking, mm-hmm. and when you looked at that particular uh, photograph, it was it was blown up big yeah. and it had all those little lines. Yeah. Part of it was all in, like lined up like little soldiers in line. That mm-hmm. was memory. Okay. And each one of those memory locations stored either on or off, a one or a zero. Mm-hmm. And then we had the registers and the processors mm-hmm. and the driver. yeah, those were all arrays of transistors in there. But that was what our circuitry looked like and then they used an enlarger to shrink it down. That would be a shrink <laughs> To shrink it down so that it would all fit on one little T-chip. was mm-hmm. pretty impressive. It is neat, isn't yeah. it? And the... They just keep getting bigger and bigger pictures, shrinking down into more and more devices on a smaller space. All these years later, I'm finally putting two and two together. (laughs) You're so modest. (laughs) (laughs) You can't add two and two. (laughs) 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 Can you? (laughs) Not always. (laughs) Well, I I think that technology (laughs) is really fun. But at the same time... um, We are not the tail, we are the dog. And I say that in the analogy that the tail shouldn't be wagging the dog. Mm -hmm. The dog should wag the tail. Technology Mm -hmm. is here to serve us. And we have to uh, become responsible citizens as all of this power becomes more and more available. If you'll let it, technology and applications and things of this sort will completely take over your life. And that's not the idea. Mm -hmm. When we built that first computer, the first personal computer, the idea was to make your life better, to enhance your life. And it's up to you to manage the role that it plays. And some people really get carried away. For example, there are some people in this world that literally spend all of their waking hours, just doing social-emotional education. (laughs) And they never get around to anything else. So you need to pace yourself. You need to study other things, too. Is that technology? (laughs) That is, it's very technical. But it's true that these technologies can be great servants for you, but you have to take control of them. And you can get too much. You can get enough that it overwhelms you. And some people are saying, hey, why don't we blur this world in which we live with a fake fantasy world inside the computer, a make-believe world? And I just say, I know the answer, why we shouldn't. (laughs) Because this world is so wonderful. And the relationships that we have with people are such opportunities. So... Use technology, learn to use it to the fullest. Many of the inventioneers that are going to hear what I'm saying tonight are going to make inventions that utilize these technologies, computers, CPUs, the cloud, all of those things, but use them as your servants. And remember, your consciousness is something that computers can't do. Your consciousness is what makes you so very unique and special. Your consciousness is the only reason for computers to exist. Keep that in mind. They're they're your servants. And your consciousness becomes more powerful when you enable it with learning, with knowledge. So, till next time, study hard. Thank you.